Welcome to All About the South, I'm your host, Bronco Phillip. Whatever you guys are doing right at this moment, no matter who you are, wherever you're listening, stop what you're doing. Just keep it simple. Let's not try and be Peyton Manning. For sure, he'll, he'll be fired by the end of the year. Gotcha. Oh, oh snap. I hope the Clinton's not listening. <laughs> what does that matter? Stay from this side with my orange glasses. For Stratford, are you going to stand up on a podium and, and say it loud, or are you just going to... I will, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, why are we so sure that Florida, I don't understand where this Florida hop is coming from. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Did I trust Brom? I like Brom. I've been saying I like Brom for, for years now. But um, they had the second worst defense in the Big Ten last year. Uh, See, I need 50 yards rushing out of Bo Nicks this week. Or I'm not going to believe in Auburn winning all over the place but thank the lord that all he had to do was throw it within 15 feet of those dudes and they were just coming down with it yeah game week you can't beat that uh feeling of game week good old game week move on to oh, I, i'm not i'm not done with this all, all right, right go, go for it, it. Go for I'm, it. Not, I'm not done You're now listening to All About the South podcast. Welcome to All About the South. I'm your host, Bronco Phillip. And after a, a weekend that might have shook up the, the Associated Press rankings a little bit, a weekend that kind of kind of has us questioning some things, we're going we're gonna to review it a little bit for you in this episode. How are you all doing? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, this week was uh, – we're finally getting into – the tough part of the season, so starting to get more interesting for sure. Yeah, we're we're starting to figure out who's frauds, who's for real. Um, maybe some of those things that we believed at the beginning of the season aren't coming true, or maybe they're coming definitely true. But um, we're going to start this episode as we always do with a little hit or miss. So, first hit or miss question: Clemson should have dropped from the number one spot after yesterday. I'll start this one. Uh, I say miss. Uh, me personally, just because even though Clemson had a bad week, every team has a bad week. Um, now, if this is like continuing and Clemson continues to have close games with these weaker opponents, then I'm questioning. But r- the way I see it, it's just they're there, leave them there until they take an L. I mean, that's a, you. They the top twenty-five ranking should be based off of. I mean, it's it really is a what have you done for me lately? Uh, that's the kind of world we live in. That's the kind of, I mean, NCAA football is starting to lean that way anyway. Uh, Clemson, I mean, this is not just a week four, week five problem. I mean, you could see Trevor Lawrence struggling in different parts. I mean, he had a great year last year, and I I think I'll always be high on Trevor Lawrence, but he's been – I mean, there's defenses. They're able to throw certain things at him, and uh, North, and he doesn't respond too well to it. And Clemson's offense didn't look that great uh, this weekend. I mean, I will, I'm eager to hear what Drew has to say about it, but from what I watched and – even things I've read and researched, they didn't 
looked that great. And North Carolina had a lot of answers. Mac Brown does coach uh, really well in those big games, uh, like you mentioned before. But I'm concerned, and I really did. I, I think Bama should have jumped him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll jump into it in our next segment when we talk about things we've learned. But um, yeah, honestly, it doesn't even really matter. Um, I'm not worried at all. And most of Clemson Nation, if you're if you've been around Clemson for a long time, not only are you do you feel blessed to even be in the situation that that we're in, but you see the past years that it's it's like it's just this is part of of Clemson football, and so. I guess it's a hit. I guess it's a miss. Um, honestly, it doesn't even matter. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get in playoff poll, and we're gonna get into you know week twelve, week thirteen around there, and it's gonna be like, oh yeah, Clemson played a close game with UNC. So um, it's just there's a hodgepodge of top teams right now, and everyone's trying to prove their case. And so um, if the if the all these Guys that vote on this poll and all these talking heads want to concentrate so much on Clemson not being number one and want to make this whole rhetoric out of it, go for it. You know, we, we got to have something to talk about until next week. Then I feel like if we're going to look at who's dominating right now in college football, it's neither one of those teams. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, to me, it's Ohio State. I mean, Alabama has their own struggles on defense and in the 100%. rushing game on offense. So, I mean, they gave up. I forgot how much it was, like 270 rushing yards, 109 rushing yards to Ole Miss quarterback. So they have their own problems too. So I just didn't see why Alabama would jump. But once again, this is a thing. I don't care if you give up 30 points a week. If you're scoring 60, I mean, that's the concern. Uh, It's just Clemson's not beating teams the way that Bama's beating teams. I mean, I know they gave up some points, but... And it's going to get into the, the national championship game, and it's going to be like, oh, we were tired. <clears throat> we weren't able to play our best when the scoreboard says freaking 44 to Well, that's 16. just because they have to go through the SEC schedule. Well, because their starters are playing all the way and, through the fourth quarter against Ole Miss. And Clemson, Clemson's schedule the rest of the way. You can line them both up. You can definitely see Bama's going to have to go through it. So you're probably right. I mean... At this point, uh, we'll look up, you know, at the end of the season, Clemson will be maybe one loss or undefeated. But you have to look at the schedule, too, uh, that both teams will have to go through, even the conference championship game. I mean, Clemson may not play – Clemson won't play a ranked team besides – well, did they play Virginia? They play Wake Forest. Okay, Wake Forest, who's having Coastal. a pretty good season so far. Yeah. So, yeah, the Athletic uh, Coast Conference Championship game. I don't see them playing, but maybe what A and M and then Wake Forest will be another ranked team. So, if you want to look at that schedule and say, "Wow, Clemson's undefeated with this schedule at the end of the season," so we'll see. All right, moving on to our next one. Auburn is a legitimate playoff threat, hit or miss. A lot of good teams out there right now, like like we were just discussing, and uh. Auburn looked really good versus Mississippi State. Uh, clicking on all cylinders, able to put their foot in the throat early. Uh, so it was, that was very impressive. But too many good teams out there right now. So I gotta, I have to go with a miss for this week. I mean, Auburn has been some really good teams, but there's still tons of good teams on the schedule. So that's my biggest concern. Still LSU, still Alabama, still Georgia, still Florida. Uh, so that that's just a scary run for me. 
as far as them, as far as them being a threat, I think that's a hit. Like, am I ready to say that they're going to win the West right now? No. Um, but I mean, I think, I think they have a really good shot at this being their year. I mean, I think at this point, LSU is probably a little bit ahead of Auburn in my eyes, and Alabama is like right there with Auburn. So it's it's tough. It's tough to say right now. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Kane. When it comes to threat, hundred percent hit. Um, you know, before the season, I um I said I said this about Auburn, and I was I was extremely high on Auburn. Said that they had one of the best defenses in the nation, and that's come true. And I said before the season that they would be in the SEC championship game. Well, we'll see if that actually happens, but. They're definitely threatening those hodgepodges of the top teams that I stated earlier. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think I think everybody will definitely have that game circled. I mean, LSU's not going to overlook it. So, I, I mean, I'd have to agree with threat, but the playoff is a. Uh, as an Auburn fan, we're just week by week, man. I can't. If, if you look at transitive property, like the entire nation likes to look at. Um, you know, uh, Auburn beat Texas A&M by more than Clemson beat them in their own place. So, by transitive property, Auburn's a better team than Clemson. I mean, this past week, they, I mean, they they were, but and uh, Appalachian State's a better team than Clemson, also. <laughs> so, um, next question: Hit or miss? Ben Hicks won the starting job yesterday. Uh, I think so. I was really impressed with um, just the way he managed the offense, and I mean, playing against a good, a good Texas A&M defense. Compare it when you line Arkansas up against Texas A&M, and uh, the talent differential between the two. I mean, I think he did a great job. He made some big plays there in the fourth quarter that really stood out to me. Yeah. Uh... I mean, he has to. I, I feel like he sparked the offense more than Starkle. Uh, Hicks started the year out, and they went to Starkle, and now back to Hicks by default of injury. I, I was wondering if if Starkle didn't get hurt, would he have stayed in the game or not? Because he did throw a dumb interception at the very end of the, at the very beginning of the. Game. I don't yeah. know. He just looked scared to death. He just threw it in the middle of the line. Uh, but. I think Hicks deserved it. He won, uh he kept him in a big game. He brought him back. I think they should ride him. Yeah. I, I've liked Ben Hicks from the get-go. Even when all of Hog Nation was spitting on his name, hating on old Ben Hicks. I like him because he's a system quarterback, too. And Chad, he was under Chad Morris for over 9,000 yards at SMU. He doesn't have the best arm in the nation. He, doesn't have, he isn't the best athlete in the nation. But he, he makes plays, and he knows that offense in and out. And that last play um, on that final drive, that ball went through uh, Cheyenne O'Grady's hands, dude. It was right there. Yeah, the defender was between him and Ben Hicks, but it was right there. And Ben Hicks gave them this, the opportunity to win that game. He did everything he possibly could to win that game, even though everything bad that could happen happened to Arkansas, you know, just when it comes to – flags to um, injuries to um, just plays not working out how they want to yard markers. It's just 
uh, everything just wasn't going their way, but they were, they almost pulled it out. And so I don't see how you, you sit Ben Hicks after this, you know, right when uh, Nick Starkle got hurt, Ben Hicks comes and goes two for two and throws a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, you, like Nick Starkle was like, all right, I'm hurt. Then all of a sudden that happens, you know, you see him up and he starts like stretching his arm a little bit. He's like, oh man. And so and <laughs> Ben Hicks ran with that game. So I, if I'm Chad Morris, I'm like, Ben Hicks is our guy. For sure. Tarko should have kept the Bieber shirt on. Yeah. No, yeah. No. <laughs> it's wow. crazy how much we've talked about Arkansas this year. You know, I was yeah. just thinking like, I mean, we've talked about some really bad things about Arkansas, but like now they almost upset Texas a It's just something weird about this Arkansas team. Um, I don't know if we're getting to Arkansas yeah. a little bit later, but, you know, they might get that that upset that they're looking they're, for. They're I, going I don't know to, who it would be. Yeah. I really, it's going to be Missouri uh, at the end of the season. You know, their bowl ban is, isn't going to get approved. It's going to be the end of the season. Missouri is going to be like um, six and five around there. And all of a sudden, it's going to, it's going <laughs> to, Arkansas is just going to come in with their hair on fire and they're going to win that game. I said that before the season. Um, I also, but I didn't say before the season that Arkansas would lose to San Jose State. So. <laughs> but if but Missouri's yeah. six and five going to that game, then I mean, it's not really a. I don't think that's a program. I mean, it's an SEC win. They do need that at the least. Hey, at this I point guess. in the East, I don't think they're going to be six and five. Though you don't, <clears throat> Missouri. Yeah, uh, I can't see it. No, the way Kentucky, not, Tennessee, and really Vanderbilt look. On, you're pretty high on Ole Missouri there. Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks for joining us in this first segment. When we return, we're going to go over some specific teams, kind of let out our anger, frustrations, thoughts, maybe some prayers. Um, so please just join us then. Welcome back, all you faithful listeners. So in this review episode, we're going um, to jump into this segment. It's basically be things that we learned over this past weekend. Um, the first subject that we're going to start this off with is Clemson. Um, you know, ranked number one before this weekend, came out number two, um, went into Chapel Hill and gated out a win. By the slimmest of margins, a one-point victory. Um, Mac Brown, as Dabo Sweeney said, um, Mac Brown outcoached them. The UNC team outplayed them, and somehow won. You know, when it comes down to it, all that matters is you get a dub. But you know, most of the nation is um, coming with their pitchforks and they're surrounding Clemson, South Carolina, wanting to. Um, 
hang the hang the entire athletic team for being a fraud, but um, I, I say not so fast. I, I think that thing is a little over the top. Um, because as I said when at the beginning of this episode, I don't I don't even really care when it comes to the Associated Press top twenty five. Because right now you just you have a hodgepodge. You have your Alabama. You have a Clemson. You have your Ohio State. You have your Oklahoma. And then you have a, a Georgia, Auburn. You have all these guys, LSU, that are, are trying to make their case for, for the first playoff poll. When there's actual research behind it, actual strength of schedule, strength of record, who have you played, all, all that. And so that's when we'll, we'll get a true number. And, and then when they have teams that are out of it, then that's when people get serious when, when they start whining and complaining. But when it comes to Clemson, a one-point victory in Chapel Hill, as a Clemson fan, putting on my orange glass right now, not worried at all. You know, in the past few years, of in this in this month alone, you know, we we've had close losses or victories. Last year it was Syracuse when Trevor Lawrence got got hurt on the sideline right there. Um, it's just these close victories happen every year. And what, what happens in these early months, especially for Trevor Lawrence, he only has a fourth of the playbook that he's working from, a very, very small sample size. And when he came in this time last year, he progressed throughout the year when the actual playbook, playbook progressed. So he, he's got a lot of things going on. It almost looks like he's trying to force it. He's trying to force things to happen. And... I honestly think that has to do with with the with the plays that are being called in the playbook, and um, he's he's kind of getting restrained. But what we saw against North Carolina was a lacking offensive line. You know, you got four seniors and you got a, a five star Jackson Carmen playing left tackle, and all those stunts, all those twists, where it was throwing the offensive line. Um, off their game. That's not not something we've quite seen. And Etienne not being able to pick up uh, the the Chasserat blitz being thrown everywhere. And so you saw Trevor Lawrence actually being pressured and ha- and his accuracy being affected because he was being pressured. But um, this same offense right here that we have that barely beat uh, North Carolina is the exact same offense that beat Notre Dame by 27, the exact same offense that beat Alabama 44 to 16, the exact same offense that happened eight months ago. And yes, it's the past, but when we talk about the past, it's guys graduated and whatnot. So we're talking about an offense that is growing, an offense that is, is being molded, that is actually kind of under change right now, that is progressing to become a national championship team. And... When you look at the schedule that we got going on, these Ohio States, these Alabamas, they think it, it deems necessary for them to try to put up 68 points against an Ole Miss team that can, can't stop, like a Portland State, and Ohio State to put up all these points against Nebraska. Because when they get into these close games where they don't know if they're going to win or not, they could be a one-loss team, the playoff comes back and looks at, at these games. Like, oh, they beat this team by a whole bunch. Two or through for six touchdowns. And, and this schedule will get more difficult. And the, 
Clemson, you can't deny that Clemson has a weaker schedule. You you would say that, Nico. You'd say that, Kane. Easily. Easily. And so I have the utmost confidence that Trevor Lawrence, who I still believe is is the top quarterback in the nation, the most upside. Justin Ross, T. Higgins, uh, four out of five seniors on the offensive line. ETM, one of the best running backs in the nation. I believe they'll be just fine against the Wake Force, against the Boston Colleges, when they're getting better every single week. And not only that, but now all of a sudden, the entire country is trying to look down upon Clemson, giving Dabaswini an underdog rhetoric, which he thrives under. He loves the underdog rhetoric. And for a team that just blew out Alabama to have an underdog rhetoric to be able to use and utilize the entire rest of the season going into a playoff, as a Clemson fan, gives me the utmost confidence that you got, you got really nothing to worry about. It's, it, I actually could possibly see it being quite scary. What do you all have to say about it? I mean, I think it uh-huh. Clemson has a target on their back, and that's that's a good thing. Like you know, they they didn't have that target on their back. I mean, they've got a target on their back from the media, from and every week the fans, they get every single team's best performance. A team that lost to App State by three. Exactly, that's what I that's took what them I just shot for shot yesterday. Yeah. And they're going to get that every single week. Uh, Florida State in two weeks is going to bring their best game of the year. I mean, their best plan of the year um, to play Clemson. And it's going to happen every week. I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Uh, like, as you said, we're used yeah. to this from Clemson around this time. You know, Pitt or Syracuse, whoever. It's, it's, it's um, almost part of it. And if, we, what if I we was learned, a conspiracy theorist yeah, – I would believe in the back of my mind that Dabo Sweeney, Coach Venables, Scott Elliott, all these guys, they're seeing in practice and they're seeing a team that, that has all these rings on their fingers, um, a team that is, is young but experienced, and see that how complacent that they're becoming, that they are the best team in the nation and they're complacent and being like, you know what? They need a wake-up call. And let's get the underdog rhetoric on our side. And let's the rest of the season just be able to get better and better and better. Have that wake up call. If I was a conspiracy theorist, as I am not, but sorry to interrupt, Kane. <laughs> and, we're, and we're learning. You know, we're trying trying to think about what we're learning. We're learning. We have learned the past few weeks yes. that Trevor Lawrence is human. You know, he is slumping right now. And we all know about slumps and what he needs to do about this. Uh, but, you know, he, he'll, get, he'll get out of it. I'm not, yeah. I'm just not hitting the panic button As you yet. can tell by my monologue, you get, especially as a fan, you watch that game and then you watch it again, then you watch again. You get so many things going in your mind and your mind's going a thousand different directions. It's extremely hard to keep it organized. But what I see from this is only positives. Yeah, you come down and you're you're like, oh, thank the Lord that it's we we got that win. Like, what could it possibly have been? But honestly, it's it's just it's it's a win and it's a learning experience. As I said 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence, since his freshman year of high school, has gone 67-2. and two. Maybe a little bit of a sophomore slump and a little bit of adversity is what he needs. Uh, the best thing that probably happened to Clemson this past weekend was A&M pulling out the win versus Arkansas because uh, if Clemson does have one slip-up, which could have happened against UNC, then the play- their playoff chances would be leak- looking bleak depending on other teams uh, at the end of the year and what they've done. Because, like I said, the rest of the way for Clemson should be a cakewalk. I mean, we thought that after a and I mean, they should walk through the schedule, no problem. Uh, but the UNC game was quite concerning. And like I said before, and Trevor Lawrence is kind of concerning too. I mean, I don't understand why he's why, – what, what would we be saving? Why would he only be playing with a third of the playbook uh, five games into the season? That's, that's, that's uh, just what – are they, are they trying to hide something from Wake at the end of the year? I mean, Really. They're trying to hide hide stuff from the guys they're playing in the national championship and in the playoff. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But Clemson does. I mean, they. It doesn't matter if you're first, second, third, or fourth. I mean, as long as you get into the playoffs, that's the goal. Uh, so them falling a spot, I I agree with them falling a spot. I mean, like I said, it's an offensive football is an offensive thing, and you people want to see what you're putting up in that in that box score uh, at the end of the game. Uh, and they've had some of those games, 52 points, Georgia Tech, who, uh, which is a questionable one, uh, 52 against Charlotte and 40, 40 against Syracuse. So they're, they're putting, they've had some of those games, and that's when we were thinking Clemson, you know, wow, this offense is good. This offense is, you know, good. Now the 20, having the 21 points there, kind of scary. And if, if North Carolina does hit that two-point conversion and run a better play and hit a conversion, Clemson's sitting at number eight or nine right now, and then, you know, everybody would be justified to say that they deserve to fall out. But they do deserve to be in the top four. I'm not saying that. But I do think Alabama could have jumped them, and I honestly think Ohio State could jump them. I mean, they could be third, but still in the top four. And then, like I said, it doesn't matter. As long as you're in the top four, you're going to the playoffs. They should win out. Clemson should win out, no problem. Yeah, there's the the only, like – Watching that game, there isn't anything where I look at at a, a big problem where, like, we need to fix this in order to be an elite team. You know, the offense. I did line, think that North Carolina's D line stepped up big time. I mean, ETN had nothing. Uh, it turned Clemson into one dimensional, and when they can pin their ears back, and North Carolina showed that if if you can stop the Clemson's run and 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 make Trevor Lawrence make tough decisions and decisions that he has to make quickly that might be his biggest struggle i mean anybody can stand up clean and straight and especially a quarterback like him and and deliver the ball but when you get a little pressure uh you know that that changes things but i don't think he'll get pressured like that again until uh, the playoffs and the comment about uh one more thing one more thing the comment about uh i mean clemson gets everybody's best i mean any top team in the in any top 10 team any sec team is going to get everybody's best or uh any team like clemson everybody's going to get their best i mean nobody's going to show up and not give someone their best in my opinion or you know that whatever they have throw everything at them yeah Bama, yeah georgia 
I mean, so that's not a that's not a great excuse as to why Clemson. Uh, it's not an excuse, but it's a true statement. Would you not agree? I mean, but every other team has that same. Every other team has that same. They have another team, in the ACC, that has that same situation. ACC's a. I mean, I mentioned SEC teams, but there's no other. I mean, there's no there's no other team. If Florida State was up, then they may get that. But there's no other team that's up right now in the ACC, and that's what was concerning for Clemson when they're that much. They have that much more talent than a team, especially Mm -hmm. a North Carolina team. Clemson has. Five star, five star, five star, five star, five star. Yeah, and the rest of the ACC doesn't. So when they play Clemson, they get everyone's best. Fair enough, but I mean, there's uh, there's teams in the SEC that do the same. I mean, I think the difference though is that these teams in the SEC are playing these. Some you know, Arkansas has to play Alabama. Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Auburn, LSU, you know, there's Fair these enough, ACC, good, ACC that's, teams that's only getting one game. shot. I didn't like that yeah, Trevor he, ran the ball 11 that's times. That's what I was about to say. That, that um, It's crazy to think that Tre- Trevor, he actually had quite a few good throws. He was scrambling to his left, switching to the right side and just chucking it 20, 20 yards downfield and making completions and stuff. He threw for over 200 yards and he – he was the he had all those rushes too, and it's crazy to think that because of his performance against Alabama as a freshman and and for that latter part of last year, we look at him and we're like, oh, yeah, he had a bad game when he still he still had a, an above average game, but it's just there's so much hype and emphasis on him. Yeah. I just it was it was frustrating to to see um, Chaz Surratt coming through an ETN just having no chance, you know. But um, yeah, like I believe Nico said this when when he talked about um, the inability to run and pressuring Trevor, and that could be basically a cheat code to beat them. What what we haven't seen yet, honestly, is a team that can. Double safety, drop in coverage, and still be able to stop the run. And we saw that Saturday. So that could be disconcerting. And that is a big issue to why uh, the passing game was inconsistent. But anything else y'all want to say about old Clemson? No, they do deserve to be in the top four. But uh, hopefully they can bounce back and, and look look more dominant as a the top team in the nation. Y'all yeah, oh, got yeah. a bye week this week. Going into FSU. Yeah. But see, the thing that's great for them is they have no more, I mean, they get to host Wake. Uh, and BC. And they're, ho- I mean, they're hosting Florida State, Boston College, Wofford, and they're on the road at Louisville, on the road at NC State, and on the road, it's Scar. So, like I said, they have a walk through rest of the year into the playoffs. These are basically should be tune up games leading up to the playoffs. So, I think that's how the nation's viewing it. Really, like Clemson. If Clemson's really this good of a team, then how in the world do they struggle against the you know the cardiac kids of North Carolina? But I, I, that's just the outlook. Uh, but people, we shouldn't drop them out of the top four or anything. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Um, all right, Notre Dame. Did we learn anything new about Notre Dame? I think with Notre Dame, we we learned what we needed to learn against Georgia that you know they're a legitimate football team. Um, I mean, they they kind of had their backs against the wall for a second against Virginia. Um, see what it was. <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> uh, but there, it was kind of Virginia was hanging around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Notre Dame's still a, a great football team. I don't. Uh, think one thing I've learned about Notre Dame is that they actually do have a pretty, pretty good defense. I mean, they did well against Georgia, but then they straight obliterated Virginia's run game and. Bryce, I would live with Bryce Perkins throwing nearly 50 balls to beat me. So uh, that is one thing that I've learned about Notre Dame. Uh, and so they're tough. And then if they can score to go along with their defense, they're going to be a tough team to to play and compete against. But uh, so we'll have to see how they – how they continue to do that, but their schedule kind of gets a little easier for them, but still Notre Dame has some pretty big games left on their schedule as well. Uh, so we'll have to see about them. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame, we learned last week that they're a good football team. And we learned that this week too. Virginia brought everything they could do. That, that's, that's one of those games that they brought their best. And, they they had them for a little bit, and then those turnovers, and Notre Dame took advantage of those turnovers. And so I honestly think at the end of last year, we were down on Notre Dame. We wrote them off because of a 30-3 to loss in the playoff. But um, then the team that they lost to beat Alabama 44-16. to And so that – and people kind of forgot that, yeah, Notre Dame was actually a pretty good team. And so – they're going to go throughout the rest of this year, and they have a gauntlet of a schedule still remaining. Um, definitely not a weak schedule, wouldn't you agree, Nico? For sure. I would love to see the – I know it's far-fetched to say, but I'd love to see just a big old power five group and maybe split into two sides or whatever and have schedules like Notre Dame has to play every year. Uh, to where you play like a base – you know, they play their six AC teams or whatever. And then the other games are, you know, pretty big games. They don't play FCS teams. Notre Dame doesn't do that. Cause, no. I mean, so I respect that about them. And, I mean, if they have one loss and you really have to look at them to be a playoff-type team with the schedules they do play, uh, and they're willing to play whoever. Yeah, they – Um. so coming up, yeah, they got Bowling Green. But then they got USC, Michigan, Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy. BC and then Stanford. Yeah, but they've already played Georgia you and know, Virginia. So, and Virginia. So these guys have, I mean, it's an impressive thing if they could sweep through the rest of this thing. But I, I don't see them losing to USC. Don't see them losing to Michigan. I can see them beating Michigan by that gun 35 points. Same um, to Virginia Tech. Whopping Virginia Tech. I could see Duke being close in the first half and then running away. Can see Navy being close for a little. Yeah, giving them a little bit of fight, and then beating BC and beating Stanford, for sure. So eleven one, and all of a sudden, you know, if if a bunch of stuff happens, you know, Clemson slips up, 
Um, everything I said uh, about a few minutes ago was absolute uh, bullcrap, and they they lose a couple games. And when they, are we going to get the Notre Dame Clemson matchup, ACC matchup? Uh, next year in November. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I'm thinking about going to that game. So. <laughs> Invite me, dude. Is it? Is I'm it wanting to like go to Chicago a couple days earlier and um, tour Chicago a little bit and be like, I, I never want to live here, and then go to um, <laughs> Notre Dame game and then come on back home. But we'll just we'll have to see. But yeah, dude, they got a gauntlet of a schedule, but I definitely see them going eleven and one. Um, and then you know, Georgia slips up. Alabama slips up, Oklahoma slips up, Ohio State, as they do every year, slips up. Um, then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we're 11-1 with a close loss to Georgia and could be in. Yeah. But the bet, the best thing to happen in Notre Dame would be for yeah. Georgia oh, to 100%. just win out. Oh, yeah, they're bulldogs. And, you know, and then if, if Georgia's if Georgia's sitting at number one, you know. And Georgia, really honestly, they have, they have the ability to um, – you, it, I could definitely see it, how it's frustrating the Georgia fans that Clemson lost or won by one point against UNC and half of the nation still says that they should be number one when they they honestly, they, they beat Notre Dame, Notre Dame by more than what the score showed, but everyone saw that was a close game. But it was a top 10 game. And yeah, it was at home, but it was a top ten game, and people are still, you know, looking down upon Georgia. Are they a four team? Are they a five team? It's like people are stop stop talking about Georgia being the number one team because of a close win against Notre Dame. And so Notre Dame continues to win out. Georgia's stock goes up. Georgia continues to win out. Notre Dame's stock goes up. Mm-hmm. Moving on to an, another team that has some number one talks around them. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, who wants to lead us out on this one? We've all liked the uh, Ohio State so far, uh, and I, I guess the schedule thing is is a little concerning, and the Big Ten being what they are this year is concerning. That Wisconsin game, I guess, is probably looking to be you know the biggest uh, biggest game in the Big Ten this year, but. Uh, I like what they've done so far. The people they've had on the schedule, they've straight, you know, obliterated them. And uh, I was, I felt so bad watching game day in Nebraska. Those fans were, I'm just like, you guys really can't think you're about to win this game. Yeah. Like, there's no possible way. You guys, game day game. you guys have not played. Have you, There's nothing your team has showed you this year to, to make you feel like you can win that game. Uh and you could tell on Scott Frost's face, he's just like, man, all these people are here. And if they only knew the outcome. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that stadium got empty pretty quick. But uh, I, I like Ryan Day. I mean, he's yet to lose in college, of course. This is uh, first season. So uh, until, I can, until I see them struggle, uh, I'll question them. But when Justin Fields is completing the percentage of passes he's completing, and they got Dobbins rolling like he's rolling, and their their they their defense. I mean, their defense is putting up pretty really good numbers too, and they always have some guys that are going to go first round, second round. Uh, the, in the, draft. the only issue with their defense is they haven't been challenged. 
Yeah, so, for uh, sure. Has Florida Atlantic challenged them? They put 21 points up on them, but... Yeah, like, Ohio, those came late. Those came late, too. Indiana? Um, like, what, yeah, what, they, like I said, they, there's no... Offenses. There's no... That, and that's how Ohio State starts out every year. Their schedule is just... They play... <laughs> I'm surprised they don't have Akron. And Young. One year they had Akron, Miami, and Youngstown <laughs> State all on the schedule for their non-conference uh, games. So that's always a given with them. Uh, and they just like to put up points. So, like I said, we'll know way more about Ohio State when uh, Wisconsin rolls around. I mean, as far as their defense, I think anytime you can hold a pretty decent quarterback to 47 passing yards and uh-huh. a 3.4 Q- QBR, uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's I think that's impressive to me. And no matter who you're playing, I think Adrian Martinez is a is a good quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think Dobbins is is getting a little overlooked by Fields. I mean, Dobbins is having a great year, and I think it's really opening up Fields to to look even better. I'm yeah. um, I'm really impressed by Ohio State. I think uh, we'll be seeing them most definitely undefeated. Yeah. at the end of the year, and we saw we saw Wisconsin kind of. Yeah, a lot of the riders are giving weekend. Ohio State a big, like, basically the highest percentage to make the playoffs, and that's that's not against a knock against any other team. That's just the 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 conference they're about to go through, and with Michigan being down like they are, uh, and Wisconsin being the only other real threat, they have a they have a good chance to to win out. Yeah, so. In my opinion, the things that we learned about Ohio State is that they, they are a top team. Um, Justin Fields, he's a dynamic runner. He's a dynamic runner. And Dobbins, he's a great running back. Justin Fields has all the tools that he needs, a great offensive line, great wideouts, great running backs. And uh, Chase Young on that defensive line and their plethora of cornerbacks. They're, I can't really see them being challenged uh, in the rest of their schedule. You know, they got Michigan State. Northwestern, Wisconsin, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, and then Old Michigan. Um, I can't really see them being challenged. Maybe Wisconsin, but um, after them playing Northwestern, you know, we don't, we don't, we can't hundred percent say that Wisconsin is a top ten team. You know, they're not your traditional top 10 team that you're just completely dead set on it, especially they're just up and down, but, um, Michigan state, you know, they, um, they had that, that rough loss a couple weeks ago and they don't have any offense. They have a pretty good defense, but they don't have that. They don't have an offense to test, um, that Ohio state defense. And yeah, they're a top team right now, but I, I can't, I can't say that they won't come unscathed out of this this schedule, you know. And they need to come unscathed if they want to be in the playoff because they don't have that that reputation in the past few years and the Big Ten as a whole. They when I can't even remember the last time that they um what the last time they won a game was when Ohio State won it all. Um so the Big Ten as a whole has something to prove right here and Ohio State needs to needs to dominate the rest of this schedule. And if they dominate the rest of the schedule, I could definitely see seeing them being the number one team going into the playoff. If the season ended right now, 
I would have to say that it would be Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Alabama number three, and Clemson number four in the playoff. If the season ended today, would y'all disagree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Hardly. Who who would you say? I mean, I don't know how you could leave Auburn out with the resume they have through these these five games. I mean, if you I'm like I'm not high on Auburn winning the national championship or nothing, but through five games, they probably do have one of the best resumes put together of teams they've beaten. So that's the only that would. It's really it'd be really too hard to pick teams at this point, but I don't think you could leave Auburn out with their resume. Yeah, I think it, it depends on if you're if you're putting blinders on and not looking into 2018. Yeah, and like knowing what Clemson is, or you know, just basing it strictly off this season. Then yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Nico. Fair enough. Yeah, I um, I just. When when it comes to Ohio State, right now it's very there's tons of I guess evidence that backs them to be the number one team in the nation right now. But um it's just it's it's hard for me to have full hearted confidence in this in the squad. And I don't think that their schedule is rigorous, even though they have right now one, two three, four teams left that are in the top 25 on their schedule. I don't look at their schedule and think, oh, no, they're not coming out of that undefeated. I think it's very possible. But would I bet money on them not losing the game? No way. There's no way. So this will end our first segment of Things We Learned. Please join us in a few, and we will finish out this segment. joining us in this next segment of things we learned we're moving on to old boomer sumer oklahoma what did we learn from from them this past week against texas tech i learned that their offense is so good that it hurts i mean jalen hurts is like every week i know you guys probably get tired of me gushing over jalen hurts but he just makes or Lincoln Riley, when you get in his offense, and even when Jalen Hurts was at Bama, he, there were times where he just made it look easy. But he's standing in the pocket for six or seven seconds, and his receivers have literally that long to get. I don't know if it's their line is so good or just the teams they played hadn't been able to get any type of pressure, but Jalen Hurts is standing up most of the time, and 
that's that's quite concerning, especially for a guy like him. And then when they finally do slip back there and give him a running lane, he's gone for twenty twenty something yards. And uh, their defense seems to be, you know, doing a little better. But that would probably be my biggest concern. Uh, I I can't see them losing a game in there in the big in the Big Twelve. I mean, that's another conference where there's one or two teams there at the top. Uh, that Oklahoma State game will be more interesting now. Uh, that rivalry there, since Oklahoma State's you know playing pretty good ball, but. If it's a shootout, Lincoln Riley's probably going to win that thing. So Oklahoma's sitting in a pretty good spot, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, I agree. I think if Oklahoma can just play a little bit of defense throughout this regular season, uh, it should should be a breeze. I mean, Texas is a little concerning, and like you yeah. said, Oklahoma State. But I mean, Hurts looks looks great. The entire offense looks great, and I mean, Texas Tech is no. I mean, Texas Tech is not the Texas Tech that we think of right now as far as their offense. Um, you know, they still they had a pretty good game and held old Jet Duffy to very limited yards. Yeah, but I think the things that we learned when it comes to Oklahoma is that, that they are – they deserve to be in that top conversation – but you know, honestly, they're not. They're they're not getting talked about the same as Ohio State, um, Georgia, Clemson, Bama, even Auburn and LSU. They're just they're not being talked about. And I don't think that they have looked as dominant as Ohio State. Yeah, they put up these crazy numbers, and Jalen Hurts is looking great. But throughout every single position on the field, even defense, Ohio State has looked more dominant than Oklahoma. But I would have to say that the remainder of Oklahoma's schedule seems more rigorous and tough than Ohio State's schedule. Um, even because Baylor and TCU, Oklahoma State, those guys on the last end of the schedule are getting better and better every week. The, I remember our episode last week, we started talking about the Big 12 and how the Big 12, they're, they're actually having these solid wins. even. Uh, West Virginia over NC State. Um, and they're, all these guys are, are looking pretty good. And so if Oklahoma continues to win out, they beat Texas in two weeks and handle the rest of these teams, it's going to be very hard to keep them out of the playoff, especially when Jalen Hurts is putting up um, 1,100 yards a game. That's a good point. If the Big 12 can continue to, to win games like those – those smaller teams like Baylor and TCU who are kind of surprising us, that's it's big for Oklahoma because we may potentially be in a position at the end of the year where they're having to choose between Oklahoma and Ohio State. Yeah, uh, my next point on things we learned was Baylor, and I'll just progress right into that if we're talking Big 12. Um, Matt Rule, it looks like he's really – he's turning that program into something. Um, the uh, – that win was a little little too close for comfort uh, against Ohio State, but if we rewind it a month and a half, everyone had Iowa State as a dark horse to win the Big 12. Baylor's out there dominating them. Um, they're mean, just, what do you mean? Baylor should be 3-0. I mean, they should be 3-0, 4-0, but... W- 
I, considering the circumstances Baylor is under, I mean, and what they've had to bounce back from, I mean, they're having a pretty good year. But uh, Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, Rice, and these are games they need to to win. And then their first true test, uh, Iowa State, was the one they had to win in overtime. Very close game. Uh, so we'll see more about more from Baylor, or we I need to see a little more from Baylor, but. Their undefeated season kind of has a little asterisk for me right now. Yeah, but the good thing about for Oklahoma and the Big 12 is the asterisk won't exist when it comes to playoff discussions. They'll say, oh, this team is 9-3, and three, and it's, it's a win. They're number 24 in the nation. Uh, unfortunately, they won't be able to go back and be like, oh, their wins were against Stephen F. Austin, you know? Yeah, and, but what I'm saying is, l- let's see if they can go nine and three. Uh, I haven't seen enough from Baylor to uh, to to just say to assume that they're going. This team can go nine and three, especially when we just made the point that the Big Twelve is. I mean, there's some teams that are competing in this league, and you can't just say, "Hey, Baylor's going to beat Kansas State." Hey, Baylor's going to beat Oklahoma State. Hey, Baylor's going to beat mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Texas, and yeah, and these guys, yeah. and even Kansas. I mean, you don't know what Kansas team might show up, but still, I have to see a couple. Maybe give me two or three more games on Baylor. I can uh, tell you more. But what I've learned from Baylor is their their four and zero start so far is a little suspect in my eyes. I think, I mean, something that shows that the Baylor um, athletics they they think that. The football team is on the right path because they, as of 19 minutes ago, per ESPN, they just extended Matt Rule through the 2027 yeah. season. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I think uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, they they've got games that they're going to lose. Um, but if they can make a ball, I mean, they've got to win two more games to make a ball game. Uh, maybe get to like seven, eight wins. I think that's a pretty successful season considering the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, and, and they do look at team, and the committee is going to look at teams. Is this a bowl team? And they beat them. Okay, so that's if Baylor can yeah. get to six, Kansas seven wins. State beat Mississippi State, you know. Yeah, if if Baylor can get to six or seven wins, then that will be a respectable win for uh, a team coming out of the Big Twelve trying to make the playoffs. Just because, like I said, if you if you're a team who's going to make a bowl, then committee that's that's part of the process there. So. Who knows? Let's, they, let's see. they may end up with eight losses in a row to finish out this Never season. Know. Yeah, we true. just got to see. That's very true. Um, moving on to a, a team that is worried about playoff resume, the Auburn Tigers. What did we what? learn about the Auburn Tigers this week? I, it was a different offensive, offensive game for Auburn this week for sure. They just... They came out on a different level, uh, and it wasn't like Mississippi State were, were just giving them things. Auburn just straight took you know took the game and control from the beginning, and I caught myself in the third quarter being like, I mean, of course I watched every minute, but it kind of uh, was just surprising, just like, man, is this really Auburn playing right now? It looked like old Auburn, uh, 2010 Auburn, uh, moving the ball the way we did. Uh, so, as I said before, Bo Nix has to get 50, you know, uh, and he got 56 this game on seven carries. So, 
with a 30-yard run. So when, when that element of all is opening up, just him getting 50 yards and being a threat to run the ball, that's going to give Whitlow and uh, Cam Martin and then Schwartz off the edge. Uh, but what I was telling my, a group of my Auburn friends is that we have to find a way to get Schwartz a couple more touches. I mean, he's had, what, eight touches this year, and five of them have gone for touchdowns, four have gone for touchdowns. So either – I mean, I've seen teams just line receivers up out there and just flick it out there to him and see what he can do. But when you get this guy going downhill, he's something else. So the one thing that I learned from Auburn this week is that we can be successful on offense, but can we keep uh, having those type of outputs? Is is this a breakout game? Was this like a fluke game, or is this something that we're going to continue to see? I wish we had the the clip ready from last week, Nico, when you were like, I need more, I need more, I need Gus to just open it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that's it seems like Gus was listening to you. Um, yeah. I mean, Auburn's just impressing me more and more throughout yeah, the week. Yeah, both throwing for over three hundred yards. Like I like you said, I was begging for a little bit more. I mean, I saw route new routes. I saw Seth Williams not lining up in the slot and lining up in the on the on both outside, I mean, he wasn't just lining up on the left. He was lining up on the right in the slot. He was in a couple different places. So, both Nick's going for over 300 was quite encouraging as well, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think that we learned a whole lot about Auburn, except that they can come down, come out of the locker room, and they can just put their cleats in somebody's throat and just keep yeah, them down. after halftime, yeah, and. Um, we're seeing an Auburn team that is just gaining more and more momentum week after week and just getting better every single week. It's like yeah. before that Auburn game, there, there wasn't a lot of people that were coming to bat for Auburn. They just thought they were the good old same old Auburn. And then after the Oregon win, it's like a little bit more. And I feel like the team as a whole was like, you know what? Oregon was a really good team, and we came back. We had the gonads to come back. We had the team to be able to be dominant for a lot of that game and come back and come out with the dub. We had the resiliency and the perseverance to win that game. And because of that game, just week after week after week, they're just getting better and better and just gaining more. And Bo Nix is coming to that offense great, and it's – by the time Auburn's playing these LSU's, Alabama's, and Georgia's, they're gonna they're gonna be a rough team to play, a very rough team to play. Yeah, the other thing was that uh, I mean I was concerned because Colin Hill leads the SEC in rushing. He's a really mm-hmm. good running back. So I mean I know our D line's really good, and that's who people always talk about. But our linebackers, who that that was my biggest concern coming into the season. These guys have been playing like they. I was telling my Auburn buddies, these linebackers look better than any of the linebackers we've had in the past four or five years. And Papo looks better than all of them. And he's a true freshman. This guy doesn't come out of the game. I mean, he's in on third down, first down. And he's like a step ahead of – he's like a step ahead of a lot of a lot of people. I think he could be the best, like, fresh – the best freshman defender in, in football and, and that's coming from somebody who watches, you know, I watch Auburn every week and rewatch the games during the week. And Papo is very impressive 
So I was impressed with our linebackers able to tackle. And, and it's hard to run when you got uh, the D-line. You don't have holes. I mean, you can't run. You can't be a good running back with no holes. So us being able to stop them, uh, running the ball and making Schrader or Schroeder, he ran, <laughs> he ran decently, but he was the only one that could, could do anything. I'm really uh, eating my words on Auburn from our very <laughs> our, our second episode. I mean, I I saw Auburn as an eight win football team, so yeah. Well, they could they could still very possibly be an eight win football team. <laughs> yeah, you're right, but you can't go back and say that. No, you've been howling. You've got me on the Auburn train, rolling a little bit. So oh no, be- I would definitely not say that. I was just saying for Canes. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I still I'm standing by my words. I'm standing by my words on about everything except for Tennessee sneaking out seven or eight wins. Um, <laughs> who who else? There was um, Arkansas being uh, seven wins. Michigan, I'm not Michigan. Uh, I keep thinking you were high on Missouri too, but you weren't. No, I was. I was. I was Actually, that that could be an eat my words too because I was extremely low on Missouri, but they 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 could have some bowl numbers if they could go to a bowl. I mean, they're what four and one. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite possible, but about everything else, yeah. I've been close. But um. so to to end out the show, I got a I got a question for y'all. Are y'all getting um Doug Flutie, <laughs> Doug Flutie's Maximum Football 2019? I went to order it. Seriously, I went to order it, and then it said it was a computer game. <laughs> and, oh, really? Uh, I thought it was on um no new I, consoles. I did not find it on any on PlayStation or anything like that. It was a computer. Yikes! No, nah, it, it really the animations to me don't look great. Um. <laughs> NCAA fourteen till I die. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I saw an article about it and thought I'd bring it up for y'all. I almost texted in the group today. I was gonna before I even looked the game up. I was gonna ask y'all if y'all were gonna get it because I heard it released the other day, and then I re- researched it before I asked you. And the only thing I saw it on was computer. I was like, I I'm sure. That can't be a good game. And one guy had said he he liked the game, but the best part of the game was basically getting a recruit and make a stack team. So, yeah, so you know they like make base teams, and then you have to kind of like download the the uh, actual teams. That's probably that's probably why it's a PC game. But uh, Chad Newgate, oh yeah, on the base somebody team. had created and and read it where I was uh, researching that. At. Somebody made a Tennessee jersey. And it looked really, really good. Like the uniforms look crazy, but I'm sure the gameplay is uh, not that great. Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks for joining us on this review episode. In a couple of days, we'll bring you our previews. We don't have any. Uh, we don't have any uh, show-ending questions. Some of the classics. Would you rather? That was that was my show-ending question. Oh, Would you okay. rather play in CA football fourteen or Doug Flutie's maximum football two thousand nine? Oh yeah, we've heard Kane's answer there, but uh, nah. till he dies, and I, I have to agree, NCAA fourteen is the greatest game of all time. 
Yeah, until um, they the NCAA can get their legal issues worked out. Yeah, I'd have to say fourteen too. The two guys who made the lawsuit. I mean, they're not even. I mean, I yeah. guess they're where not. They even, they're not even. Yeah, where where are they? Like they're not they're in the NFL. They're not they're on the roster. Playing NCAA fourteen. It's just like <laughs> I guess I don't know. I guess they were mad because they wasn't getting the love. That bigger like Denard Robinson and these guys were getting back in college football glory days. Yeah. Good times, good times. Well thanks for joining us on this review episode. Uh, hopefully catch us in a couple days. We'll bring you some good picks. It's gonna, it's gonna be a pretty good week. There's some good games well, out there for, uh, this coming up week. <laughs>